Hey everyone, so I'm going to talk about some practical healing um, kind of things about this journey Um, and, you know, kind of the logic and kind of the grounding and anchoring and one of the things is that if you've been um, traumatized is and it, if it happened with a particular person and I will call it in my instance a predator or the person that injured you um, you have built you've made a contract with them and um, that contract is made basic, basically kind of forcefully right I mean you don't have a choice when you're three or four you're one whatever there's no choosing it's it's an act of you know real um horror because you are shanghaied you know if you're at that age you're not making decisions about anything you just need to be nurtured and um taken care of right so so number one is whatever the injury if it happened early on it happens in relationship to a someone and therefore a contract has been signed and sealed in your subconscious or in whatever twilight of consciousness you're in so you're stamped with it it's like a meteor hitting the earth you know it's like it has affected now your energetic um field i mean it's it's shaped it and um now you are um, you almost kind of get threaded in with it, right? So that's so. So now you have a relationship with a person that's injuring you, right? You have a per, a relationship with someone that's hurting you in some way. With me, it was being taken out to be sexually abused. With somebody else, it could be a physical thing. With somebody else, it could be an abandonment thing, a neglect thing. Whatever they're not doing, or whatever they are doing is shaping now and you know it's 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 really sculpting who you are so it's an immediate impact so the problem here lies with the fact that if they have used you as a container for their unfinished poison and their own shit which happens significantly then you have to hold it for them, right? So, and it becomes almost like the world that you live in with them. In my instance, I was completely smothered and seduced and tricked and I didn't, you know, know what happens when you're three and you're four with a, an adult. And so I was kind of conned into this relationship with this person and then it was kept secret right because one of the things that can happen is that they injure you or do whatever they do to you hit you neglect you whatever and then between you and them you you kind of authorize their behavior you make that behavior okay you have to legitimize it a three-year-old isn't saying this is a horrible human being doing this to me a three-year-old is saying i've got to fucking survive 
And so I need to adjust to this, which is where this, the beginning of the irreconcilable equation starts, which is, okay, this is all wrong, but I have to make it right because otherwise I'm going to die. Basically, there's just no, you know, there's no negotiation here, right? This is horrific. I need to survive. I need to make this work. In my instance, I just blacked it out. That, and I separated, so my soul, my life force separated from the kind of material version of me. You know, I became like the, the surface of the frozen ice, right? So they could inscribe all their horror on my surface, and then I, my soul just disappeared. I just blacked out. It's, you know, in reality, I just blacked out, right? So I don't know what your particular strategy was for coping with trauma, or even if you have access to that trauma but if you do whatever the injury you have built a relationship with the party that injured you the caretaker the parent or whatever and the second part of that could be that you know you've been made to keep a secret right so there's it might not be outright spoken but it's kind of implied it might be a threat of terror of death, of just a, you know, for me, it was a constant threat of terror, like this constant vigilance about what I was doing and who I was talking to. And it was just, I was constantly being monitored, which my family interpreted as a father that loved his child, whereas in fact, it was a father that was basically keeping his, you know, his bait fresh. And so he could constantly use her and she wouldn't betray him. That's why the constant vigilance and monitoring it was not out of love right so again the way that these people um, hurt children and injure them is very clever they're doing it in a way because they can't have you expose what they're doing right you know if you've been physically hurt etc you know, and you go to school, you tell your friends, you know, my father beat the shit out of me or threw a bottle at me or something. Yeah. They're concerned. I mean, even though they're, they're the ones, you know, imposing the, the violence or the horror or the neglect or the abuse on you, they're also clever. They're going to try to make sure that it gets threaded in. So it all seems like normal. It's normal, right? It's normal that they're screaming and hurting and yelling and neglecting and abandoning, whatever. They're going to make it seem like, you know, you can't go against them. It's like the 100-foot wave. You cannot um, challenge them or refuse them. And so there are secrets created. There are contracts signed. There's, because you're on the precipice. It's life or death you're three, you're four, you're five, there are no negotiations here, right? So, so here you are, all right? You're in the twilight of consciousness, you're powerless. Uh, this person's, you know, creating an injury and it might be on an ongoing basis, that usually is, because once they do it once, they continue to, you know, the behavior doesn't change, they continue to enact, you know, the injury upon you. And now you have to um, now you've been kind of fractured in a way, you're fragmented, you'll do whatever to fit, to deal with it. So you have built a relationship, you have now 
kind of you're co-owned by it you've authorized it you've sculpted yourself in a way to handle it and in a way you then refused what you should have which is a loving parent and if it's extreme like in my case I just disappeared so that the abuse could happen without me me being present for it right so materially, I was physically here. The abuse was being done to me. It was being inscribed upon my body in a way. But my soul, the thing that connected to my emotions, basically shut down and disappeared. And so what that means is that the predator takes over. He has full sovereignty over my being, over my body, over my being, without you know me, my soul, actually being there. Right? It's like... If it's extreme, you will, you know, your physicality will be kind of a second body, so to speak, whereas your soul disappears, blacks out or whatever, right? So he has, or she, it doesn't make him be a he or a she. I mean, everybody's capable of horror on children. Um, You know, they have sovereignty over you. Your soul is blacked out, so not your soul, but your your here, your here-ness, your the reality that's going on here. So, and again, I'm the guinea pig. You know, we all are just bits of sand in this vast, infinite beach of infinity. Um, so, so my thing was, I just disappeared. Right, my soul disappeared. Um, didn't challenge him. Can't when you're three or you're four. Um, allowed it to happen. Um, created the relationship to authorize him so he would, you know, be the whatever he wanted to be, the conqueror, whatever, the he would get his unfulfilled needs met. And I was gone. And here's the thing. You can then build a life around your wounds. You know, you will relentlessly be uncomfortable. You will be in an irreconcilable contradiction. Um, if you've had to accept any kind of injury, and again, it can be, you know, from sexual abuse to physical abuse to, you know, mental abuse to whatever, it's all injury if it's not love upon a child. Um, the, therein lies the great, uh, you know, imprisonment and the paralysis of, you've, you know, um, threaded yourself in with their crap, right? You, you know, they've made you, you're captive to all of their demons, you're captive to all of their dysfunction. You know, you're a disciple of it in a way, right? In one part, even though you're 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, because the child is still functioning as I need to survive, right? It's a if I don't have this relationship, I'm not going to survive. If I don't have this, I'm going to die. If I don't have this, I'm going to be exiled. There's just, it's just basically the full-on throttle threat of death. That's it. Death is really the ultimate. I'm going to disappear. Yeah, forget the parents. It's just I am going to die, right? So if you're, if you've, if you're threaded in with them, you know, in that relationship of you've, you know, reconciled or you've submitted so you know you're going to have 
it's like being in a you know toxic waste dump you're always going to be in this toxicity um, and you know the underlying thing is they're my parent and if I don't have it I'm going to die so you're going to continually <clears throat> you know go to the empty world so to speak you'll always be hungry it's like the hungry ghost in Buddhism <clears throat> you're always going to go to the empty well knowing that it's empty but it's almost like a magnetic draw because the threat is death right but on the other hand there's this constant um discomfort there's this constant nothing is working out there's this constant you know failure in relationship failure in work unease anxiety distraction so there's a paralysis you're kind of stuck in a code and in a prison which is a psychological prison that it can't be reconciled no matter how many books you read you know and how many paintings you paint um i mean i painted i, I wrote it was all an effort to find a, an escape valve to describe what was going on because then one of the other things is that <clears throat> you've made it legitimate you've made the sovereignty of someone else over you legitimate because your child is like okay I have to accept all of this but it also knows somewhere that it's all it, it's it's kind of suffocating the life force right these are all happening on very subconscious levels so they may surface now and again like little geezers of air that come out you know that come out through the surface of um of the earth <clears throat> but they're trapped <clears throat> underground in the subconscious. So you are really wandering around in this kind of, well, even though you're on, in reality and you're, you know, buying your Starbucks and going to work and, you know, um, putting up your sheetrock or whatever, and, you know, you're, you're on the surface having this normal life, but all this stuff is happening under the surface and it's in constant conflict. And so, you know, the way to deal with it is usually, you know, you can distract every, you know, you can binge your way through it, fuck your way through it, you know, drink your way through it, heroin. I mean, there's just, you know, we're all just, if you've been traumatized, you're just trying not to feel the feelings of the terror that you feel or the discomfort or the fact that you have to face these people, right? And you have to go in and slay the dragon. You don't even know there is a dragon to slay. If you're really deeply, you know, um, traumatized and, you know, the trickery has, has been very powerful early on. So <clears throat> on the surface, you're, you're doing kind of your normal standard procedure, conveyor belt life, whatever that is, or, you know, you're doing the I dream my life into existence and I'm going to be someone or whatever. And then underneath there's this... <clears throat> this kind of unseen conflict, battle, unease, instability, you know, terror thing going on. That's it's this magnet that's keeping you in place. That's, you know, the fear of, you know, you being the host for somebody else's poison, the fear of leaving, the fear of confronting them, the child frozen with terror and acceptance and the child that, you know, 
is is blocking all its emotions. So there's this whole dam of kind of I I like to refer to my shadow as a kind of a submarine that's just under the water, you know. <clears throat> it's a full on, you know, with a nuclear warhead that's, you know, any moment's going to explode. Because attentions are extremely powerful. The tensions aren't powerful. I mean, they're powerful, but they're, they're not as powerful if you're switched off. But once you start the journey inward and you start to sort of really kind of torpedo it, the tensions are going to, it's going to get really huge. One of the things is it's going to attack you, which is something I've seen. I was like, you know, for two years as I was meditating. So meditation was a way of beginning to, I call it the journey home, right? So <clears throat> it's a removal of veils, it's a removal of walls. So once you start getting close to the injury or the scene of the crime, it will come at you to ensure that you stay away. So for two years, there were men running into my apartment trying to kill me in my dreams, like nonstop. You know, you will die if you see this. If you address this issue, you will die, right? So it will try to stop you from getting to the scene of the crime, to what happened. Because remember, you've, I mean, when I blacked out, I just disappeared, my soul. So like my soul's like, okay, I'm ready to come back. <clears throat> I'm ready to face, that's what the journey home is. You're ready to face, you know, what you haven't been able to face. Right. It's like something wakes the soul up. And my wake-up call was, you know, horrific divorce and like, what the fuck? You know, where have I been? What have I been doing? How did I get into this, right? So there's this like a little wake-up call to the soul, like you need, you disappeared, right? You left. Now you've got to come back and reclaim your sovereignty. And it is a reclamation of your power and your sovereignty. And it will try to stop you from taking back your sovereignty. Because remember now, these 10 zillion spirits or whatever, or the, the karma of that person, or, you know, the spirits, the kind of the powerful, energetic, uh, um, con uh, kind of, uh, I, would, I would call it like an energy has taken you over. So now you have, to, you have to unlock it all. You need to face it all. So it's going to attack you. And... My so I mean, I couldn't wake up to a revolution when I was smaller. I had to survive, right? I had to leave. Um, I played the game. I allowed for the sovereignty. I played it right till the end until it could be played out no more because it was always going to be a zero-sum zero game because I was, you know, basically the prisoner of, of evil, so to speak, right? I was doing all that it wanted. I was trying to be... I was fulfilling its agenda, like, you need to become someone, you need to save me, blah, blah, blah. Again, I'm the guinea pig, you, you're your own. This is just my, you know, <clears throat> interaction with it. We all have a separate way of dealing with it, right? So my soul woke up and said, no, I mean, you know, after I got kicked off a cliff, like, you know, I didn't, I, I did everything for this man, you know, I was constantly, I was like its bitch, I was always trying to save it, trying to, you know, marry the right person, do the right life, so it would feel, but it was nothing to do with me, and at the end of that 
you know, massive fiasco and horrific five years of being kind of pummeled, you know, in this horrible divorce, it was like, okay, something is wrong. You know, everything's sunk, I've lost everything. And that's when the true journey began, you know, everything had to be blown up and I had to really kind of hit bottom for me to go, okay, something is wrong here. Now, again, luckily, I was very fortunate that I didn't, you know, go the addiction route of whatever, right? So I was conscious I was here, bruised, battered, beaten up, but here. I didn't um, find a self-destructive, you know, I mean, I think Netflix is bad, but it's not self-destructive, you know, you can come out of it, right? Um, And so I was very fortunate in that respect, right? So, but it's still, you know, there are still addictions, you know, in inverted commas, as as in binging on Netflix or checking out. However, it's all a checking out. I don't want to feel the truth of what's going on. That's really ultimately what's going on here, however you do it. Um, I don't, I'm, it's, it's the conflict of, I'm woven into this person, I'm its disciple, I'm its, you know, I'm full throttle, you know, mixed, it's like, the, you know, oil and vinegar, I'm mixed in together in this salad with this person. Now I have to extricate the piece of me from it, right? And that's very difficult because it's, it's literally a, an energetic threading, which is actually what the Shipibo do in the ayahuasca. They literally, if you look at all their artwork and what they wear, it's all about the way their threading happens between energies, this threaded energy, right? So you have to pick your thread out of them. It's very difficult. So if you... So, so the, the reality is there's this kind of underlayer of stuff happening, right, which is we can't see, which is you in relationship to the person that injured you. Again, it can be done when you're young, you're powerless, you're vulnerable. You know, they keep secrets, you know, as you're made to keep a secret a contract is is signed and then there's a threat of you know if you uh, tell anyone or if you you know if you um you've got to make it normal right you've got to authorize it legitimize it there's a lot of shutdown happening <clears throat> there's a lot of so you don't even I didn't even know I was threaded in I had no idea I was completely owned by this evil so so that's happening, you know, in a sub, in, a, in the shadow, right? In the subconscious, whatever your, your, your trauma. First of all, you've you got to see what the trauma is, right? How it's built. Again, the ayahuasca is like, you know, it's going to take your Swiss watch and pull it all apart so you can see, right? All the p- different pieces. So I was able to see, okay, this is how I was, this is, this is what happened, right? And... So there's the underworld, then there's the subconscious, then there's a normal life, which is you're going around, you know, pottering around doing your conventional life, right? Or whatever your standard life is. And you're supposedly doing all these things, but actually you're being held down by all the subcontinent, so to speak, by all of this subconscious. That's really what's owning you. The surface is just, you know, kind of um, pedestrian... I'm surviving. I'm surviving, right? I, I, I can eat, 
I have a roof over my head, you know, I'm not under a bridge, you know, this seems to be going okay, I can do this, I can figure out that, right? And then <clears throat> the bigger problem is the noise outside, which is all the media, all the distraction. There's a world out there which has its own forces, which is saying, you know, you're not enough until you are pink or yellow or green. You're not enough until you have $10,000, $10 dollars, $10 billion, you know. And so uh, on that level, everybody's striving to then reach another goal, right? So there is there are three layers that are happening, right? And it's very difficult to get to the lower level because there are all these forces outside of us that are constantly distracting and also kidnap kidnapping us by making us, you know, um, wrong, starting off with religion. I mean, it's just a fucking waste of time with this whole you know, you're a sinner, you're wrong. So now you, when you, even when you arrive, you're, you're already at work having to fix an, you know, a problem that doesn't exist, right? I need to make myself right. No one has to make themselves right, you know. We're all pieces of divinity. Again, it's another capitalistic, you know, powerful um, construct to steal you and to make you focus on something that, you know, again, narrows your vision and imprisons you. Every child is born right. There's no one born wrong. Nothing is born. It's fucking divinity, right? So there's a bunch of people who want to make us some money and basically, again, remember the power is I'm going to take your consciousness, right? That's what I'm going to feed off your energy. I'm going to own your soul. That's what all this is about. There's something wrong with you, you're a sinner, you're wrong. Or it could be, you know, you're too fat, you don't, you know, have a Prada bag. It's all the same shit. You don't have a Prada bag, therefore you're wrong. Everything needs to make you wrong so that you question yourself. And then you either spend the money or give your soul away or whatever. And then there'll be something else that's wrong, you know. You don't, your hair is wrong. You're not white enough. You're not black enough. You're not pink enough. There's, there will always, as far as making money, there will always be something wrong with you. Right? So, and the same with, with religion, you know, you're, you know, not holy enough. You're not this enough. You're not that enough. And you're a sinner. You're born a sinner and you have to make up for it your whole life. I mean, it's just, right? So, here you are. You've already been tampered with early on because of somebody's dysfunction. You've already, you know, fought a battle if you've been traumatized early on. You've already been captured, right, by some shithead. Now, and then you kind of like come out of that, you're just trying to muster, you know, enough energy to just survive, right? do a job to make some money to have a life and then when you're there you get this whole other energetic force and field saying you know I'm going to judge you according to what I define you to be now the divinity first of all is not a conveyor belt it doesn't create you know cutouts it's creating black holes it's silver dollars on the bottom of the ocean elephants you know butterflies you know, the Himalayas, 
It's in a constant state of creation and nothing is the same, right? So, and everything needs to blossom and become whatever it becomes, you know, in a state of freedom. I'm not suggesting that we all, you know, go crazy and there isn't some kind of, you know, way for us to live together, but we can't start out being told that we're wrong. That's number one, because we're not. We need to be start out saying, listen, you're a piece of divinity. Um, so, and let's just go with, from there with some love and caring and nurturing, and then we could all just bloody well <clears throat> blossom into whatever, right? These beautiful pieces of divinity. But if you start out when you're, and you're tyrannized or traumatized, then you already are in a battle. You're already in a struggle, right? You're already being captured by something, by someone. You're already being paralyzed. You're already injured. So you're already crippled by the time you even get to this fucking, to living, right? So that's why it's important to create a haven of silence or meditation where you can really just sit and begin to sort of, you know, it's like being cut, cut, smothered in thorns. It's just like take out all the thorns that tell you, you know, just look at who you are. That's why meditation is so powerful. You just sit, you face the wall in silence, and you just watch your thoughts. I mean, there's tons of videos on it. Zen is, was my particular medicine for that, but it can be whatever. But just allow the inward to start happening right because that is what you're running from that is what i escape from and that's where the power is taken and that's where sovereignty your sovereignty is kidnapped because that's where they took it inside it's not outside it's all inside you have built a whole kingdom a whole structure a whole tapestry that is absolutely threaded into them and you will be a captive of that until you have de-threaded that until you have extricated yourself from their you know power kidnap or whatever there from their clutching you from them <clears throat> really kind of I think of it like a vulture in the you know they just come down they swoop down they take your soul if you are, the thing about trauma is that, so imagine, I, I couldn't go inward, right? Um, if I went inward, I was being judged and refused, right? And if I go outward, I'm also in the same state. Um, so... Um, I'm still, you know, I'm being caught up in that noise that's telling me I'm not enough, The problem with the outside is it's demanding that everybody... So if you want to be safe, this is how it works, if you want to be safe, if you want to have an identity that everybody else agrees with, then you have to, like, you know look like a Ralph Lauren model, then you win, right? 
you don't win if you're not that. You have to, they're always setting goalposts for you to arrive. Someone is, I don't, you know, I mean, how it works, it's a very subtle thing, but someone's always setting goalposts for what it means to win, win. So that means that for the most part, it's telling you, you know, become this, join this cult, join this tribe, become part of this um, group. That doesn't mean that you're allowed to individually blossom into whatever it is that you are. No, it means that you have to strive to re-sculpt yourself to become that, and therefore in becoming that, you're safe. You're part, it's, it's and actually it's a complete lie because you're not safe ever, right, in that respect, because you're not being true to who you are. So, So, you know, everybody thinks, oh, it's so, I can't take this because, can't take ayahuasca because then I'll, I don't want to see what's inside. I don't want to see. But that's the safest place is actually um, facing and dismantling the shit show you've got going on inside. It is not in refusing and letting the, you know, the sovereignty happen by someone else inside of you and then going out and then on top of that being, you know, kind of kidnapped by that and then going out and then striving to be something you're not because you're in a, you're, you're in a, it's, it's, you, you, you're in a, you're in sewage. I mean, then you're completely lost. You're in lost inside and you're lost outside. You're never going to find an, a, a self. You're never going to find your anchor if, you know, inside, you know, you're trapped by trauma that happened early on, and then you go outside, and you're trapped by the, the need to struggle to become part of an identity that you really have nothing to do with, that's an out, you know, a force that's saying to you that, again, it's, it's another form of captivity. And it's everywhere now, especially with social media, it's like, the Instagram life, you know, everybody's having the life that I'm not having. Well, I wouldn't care about it so much if I wasn't as scared of going, if I didn't, you know, have any, if I, if I had access to my interior, but if I have no access to my own inside that tells me I'm wrong, and then I go outward and they say, well, you're wrong too, because you're not having this life, then I'm stuck. Then I'm like, you know, and that's one of the and that's, so I'm now going to come to another aspect of this. So if you go back and face everything, right, and, um, you know, go through the kind of cleansing, so to speak, of the whole trauma, one of the great fears is, well, if I cleanse and if I understand what happened, if I get to my child, right, then, you see, there's the illusion that if I've made this type of life, and I'm accepted on the outside, and I, you know, have the right outfit, and I look the right way, and I have the right job, that somehow, everything's going to be okay, which is the biggest lie at all, because if you're struggling to become that for the sake of not going inward, then you're still, you know, in un, 
stable in you know uncharted waters and it's unsafe right but if you go inward and you see what happened well there's no one really to now you're 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 kind of unsafe in a way too right because like this guy was a predator this guy set me out to be sexually abused you know how am I going to change that past, right? You can't, right? And you can't change it even within your own family because certainly at my point, everybody's, you know, set in in stone with their narrative and no one wants it to be disrupted by the true story of who this person was and what he did, right? And I, I can't convince anyone. There's not for me, you know, I can't ask for help and support there because no one is interested in, you know, redefining their narrative. They might be in your instance, you might have a family says, okay, yes, I'll take, oh, you poor thing, this is terrible. But everybody's moved on, you know, you're looking at when you're four and five, everybody is now, you know, 50, 40, 30, whatever. They've totally, to them, it's just like the dust has gone, you know, it's almost like, you know, in the desert where like, there's a house from like 10,000 years ago, and it's covered in dust, right? It's, and covered in sand, no one is interested in going looking at the, you know, the wreckage of, you know, of, an, of, of a house that was built 40, 50, 60 years ago. They're done. They've moved on. They've had children. They've, they've you know, solidified their narrative. So now in a way you're stuck with you and the truth of what happened. And, you know, when you're four, you're five, and you're back in that place, in that home that's now covered, you know, that's now the debris of an old home. And and there is no one around really to share it with. I mean, you can share it with a shrink, whatever. You just, but in, in the sense, there's, you have to then fully take this on. You know, it, you're the only one with the information. You know, you're the one that was threaded in you're the one that was told to keep the secret you're the one that has returned to the scene of the crime to see you've decided to go back and see the truth you're the one that now lives with the full-on you know horror of the narrative and and there's a kind of you you kind of leave you know it's like you leave again the mothership because your connection before was your connection inside of the trauma, right? Your connection was your ability to adapt with the trauma to a situation to find a connection. It wasn't a really, there's only connection through love. There's no other connection in life, you know. If you love someone and, you know, you're authentic, right? It's authentic, it's unconditional, it's, it, it, it's just true to its core both good and bad. If you truly love someone, if a mother really truly loves a child, it sees a child all the time as it truly is, right? It's not conditional. I don't love you if you make me feel good. It's not conditional. I love you however you feel, pink, yellow, bad, sad, good, whatever, right? So there's a realization when you do go back in this kind of time travel to the original place and you've unearthed the truth of what happened and you've extricated yourself and you've seen the demon or the, the trauma, right? 
you have to, it's your healing. But then it's almost like a, uh, not a bigger separation, but there's almost like, you know, they become, they fade away in a way. Not they fade, but there's no, all that attachment that had safety around it and this really is a family and trying to make it work, isn't it? It's gone, really. And, you know, you really are on your own. And I don't mean it, you're not really, because the way you get there is with the connection of this massive divinity and spirit. But um, <clears throat> there's nothing on the outside that can support you. You know, you can't say, oh, listen, I was, you know, I just had 10,000 Indians here and, you know, and I was, I was taken, I was supported. There's no thing on the outside. Everything on the outside wants money from you, wants your power, wants your attention. There's nothing there that's really authentic without a price to pay, right? There's nothing there that's just there for the sake of you. Let's just be honest. Neither in politics nor in religion, nothing. It's just, it's all <clears throat> about kind of the mass. It's about not the individual, but the mass. And it's not really authentic. It can't be, right? You know, um, and that's another kind of piece of the alienation because, you know, we're all built very individually. Trauma is an individual suffering. Trauma is... <clears throat> um, you know, the compensations we make for it, the way it happens, it happens differently for each person, right? The effects are the same. You know, we drown, we disappear, we build, we build irreconcilable equations, we're in constant conflict, you know, it creates addictions, it creates <clears throat> all sorts of pathologies. We can all agree to that. There's a, there's a disturbance in the energy field. There's a re-sculpting, there's an injury, all right? Um, but the world isn't interested in injuries and it's all happening under the surface and how many people really go there and we don't really get deep into it, which is like, which is what the ayahuasca does. The ayahuasca takes you straight to the cavern. It will take you straight to the whole battlefield. <clears throat> Most of us do not have access to that. All right, we talk about it, we get ailments, etc. But we don't fully encounter the whole spectrum of the damage it does, you know, to everything. Our thinking, it's a, it's a, it's a total um, energetic, energetic um, conundrum and attack. And when you go in there, and you go deeper and deeper, the ayahuasca, and you know, into these caverns, you get further and further away from this reality, and you really begin to see the way that, you know, you've been kind of pulled under, right? And you may say, well, you know, in this reality, well, they ignored me, they abandoned me, but that act creates a whole ripple effect inside your energetic field. That act is affecting your, you in every in many different ways, right? It's not one effect, it's many effects, right? There are parasitic energies that come up when you're terrified. Um, there's a physical kind of manifestation. Um, 
emotional. I mean, it's just happening on so many levels. So, well, I suppose what I'm saying is that when you start healing, you're healing in a different spectrum, in a different dimension. And there are not many people that can relate, you know, to that. There's not, you're not going to find a lot of support out in this kind of materialistic world that is able to support you in <clears throat> in the way that this thing heals. That's what I'm saying. That's what I really am saying. Because no, you know, not a lot of people can understand, you know, the spirits that show up and the... So, you know, you have to find a lot of trust and confidence in, you know, whatever it is, the mode of your healing, if it's in plant medicines, right? It's going to give you a thorough cleanse. There's no like, oh, here's a pill. It's going to tell you exactly what happened. Um, but again, there are the forces of, of the standard mediocre life of like, I get up, I go to work. I'm not really connected. I don't really have a community. I'm just trying to get by. And then there's this other world that's saying, and by the way, now that you're on that conveyor belt, you're not enough. You need to be this. If you want to survive, you want to succeed and this is what success means. And if you don't have that, you know, million dollar home and that $10 million home in Malibu, you're nothing. And so this is, if you're in trauma, right, all that other stuff is even more traumatic. In other words, it's even more of a problem because not only are you dealing with a trauma that's hidden from you, that has its own, you know, deep rooted ways of, of seeping into your system, but then, so that you're kind of, you know, barely treading water with that, right? You're trying to deal with that. But then there's the added weight of the forces on the outside that are trying to, you know, sculpt you into their version, to, into what they need so that you can be used and, you know, buy and, and, and make money, whatever it is, but be, you know, be taken over in a kind of mental way, right, too. So... And then there's also, if you're you know, in distraction, uh, which distraction from the trauma, there's, there's tons of stuff that are saying, you know, come over here, you know, watch a, a bad movie, you know, fuck yourself into oblivion on YouTube, you know, go to a bar, drink yourself into oblivion. It's, it's all distract. Now, I'm not saying, I'm, you know, I'm a complete head in this. So I'm not saying that that shouldn't exist. I'm saying that if you're in trauma, that becomes an even bigger blindfold, right? There are places to jump to constantly refuse the truth. And that's what I'm saying is that to begin to find a space in meditation, it doesn't have to be ayahuasca, right? I'm just saying that even meditation, the simple act of sitting and beginning to, you know, dig yourself out really, it's a simple act of self-love, right? Of sitting and just seeing, okay, what's going on? I mean, again, it took me 12 years to get to any kind of opening, right? I still managed to, you know, live, etc. But this thing of arriving, of, of reaching the site of trauma is the most urgent thing um, because that's where you're being held hostage, it's in the subconscious. It's in the, you know, the interaction between an adult and a child where you have been caught. 
or you have been stolen. And um, that's a journey. And then, of course, I went to ayahuasca, and ayahuasca took me even further in and, you know, really blew up and showed me the truth of what had happened. And trauma is a, is an act of no love, and the inward journey is an act Sorry, I got cut off there. Yeah, the inward journey is really an act of love towards yourself. You are really, if you've been traumatized, you are fighting, you are literally, you know, fighting many, many forces to go back in, right, that will try to stop you from going back in. But that's where, you know, the love for yourself, the love for the truth, the love for your authentic, the love for finding your truth and your anchor and your roots is, you know, imperative. Um, it's very, you know, why it's difficult is because everything outside is always pushing you away from you. Or there's, you know, someone that needs to be the medium between you and God, which is insane. Like, you are the divinity, you are everything. But the blockages of, you know, really it's, it's kind of the taking of your power, either through trauma or through, you know, you know, it's like Jesuit said, you give me a tip from zero to seven, I'll give you a tip for life, a Jesuit for life, it's because we understood the power of um, conditioning thinking, the child, the rival. So, you're going to be fighting a lot of forces, no doubt. Um, but never give in and never give up because what you want back is you. That's ultimately. And when you have you, yes, you can sit in the, you know, the maelstrom and the, the hurricane of the shit show that's happening out there for your attention. about what's going on out there, you can, you know, edit, you can say yes to this and no to that. You can be present, the ultimately the healing is to be present to yourself. And for me it was being present to the massive terror that stood before me. And, you know, again, it's like watching a hundred foot wave. Every time I sit and feel the feeling of that that really is ultimately my prayer. Like that's, that's what's going to collapse everything. You have to be able to feel the feeling you couldn't feel when you were being conscious. It's very difficult. It requires enormous amounts of love. It requires enormous amounts. And I'm not talking about, yes, um, love from the outside, but really love, certainly, you know, you can't. I mean, I don't know, but for me, it's, you know, the love of Agenda. It doesn't have a desire to own you. It doesn't. It just wants your well-being. And there's very few things in life that we can say it just wants your well-being. There is no especially on the inner public dimension. 
exactly what you feel from the placebo. It's just a, again, it all depends on where you go, but certainly my experience is they just want to keep it. The healing is, you know, the ultimate gift. And it is unconditional. It is, I'm not paying a shrink. I'm, you know, paying to go down to Peru. The medicine it has no condition. I'm not going to satisfy it. I'm not another human being. It doesn't. I don't need to reward it. Right? Even shrinks have shrinks. You know what I'm saying? They're still human beings. They're still prone to their own conditioning. Plants are not. No, they're not. No one gets. The plant doesn't get anything from it. Doesn't require that. It's an authentic, unconditional cleansing and healing that happens even when you're gone, and it's still working its way to you. And it's not happening on the outside. You're not. This is the whole world is just full of distraction and material and whatever. So it's even more frenzied for you. It's even more anxiety provoking. If you're Disconnected from yourself. Just being disconnected from yourself because of an interference by someone through trauma is already, you know, unsettling enough. But then add to that, you know, this massive, especially now with the constant shit show of the outside, just adds to, especially now with kind of, you know, on a ship with no captain kind of situation, you know, it's really creates a lot of distress too, right? So you're more distressed. So for me the insulation of just meditation, the insulation of being able to sit on a cushion in silence. And now because I have, you know, incredible support from my wife having done it and down there and continuing to commit to the healing. And you just I think ultimately the world has taken our trust away from us away from us by telling us that we're not good. And this is a return to trusting, you know, that you have 14 point whatever billion years of evolution in you, of pharmacopoeia, of medicine, of everything that's already living within you. And to trust that um, completely. And to anchor in that. And even if it's scary, and even if it's, you know, and it's challenging and you don't know where you're going and you're surrendering to something you don't understand and you know and you're you know being taken from memories that you know you experience. Understand that ultimately it's working for your best interest and it's for you to take practice. Right? With me I disappeared, I let the predator be the sovereign of my universe and take over me. And um, so, allow, you know, be scared, go in, keep surrendering, and however you can, you know, let, you know, if you can, um, 
um, Okay, bye.